You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Charlie in Dallas, dear saints of God, we face up to death. As a pastor, I'll often go into a room, into a hospital room or into a hospice room, and the news there is not good. The doctors have made the determination that the patient is dying, that the end is coming, but nobody, nobody wants to say it. You're going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. Just keep going. And I, and I walk in there and stand by the bed. Some of you might have been there when I've done this before. I walk in and I stand by the bed and I look to the person lying there and I say, you're dying. And there's silence. And there's shock. I mean, this really is a dreadful thing to say. You're dying. The family and friends that are there, standing around, start shifting nervously, and they think they want to get mad at me. But the person that's lying there on the bed normally nods their head, and if they're able, they smile because they because they knew that, <laughs> and no one was willing to admit it, so they couldn't talk about it. They couldn't tell people how they were feeling. They knew they were dying and they had to lie there on the bed and act like they were living. They knew that they were at the end, but they had to act like things would keep going. So that announcement, you're dying, set them free. Set them free to be who they were, a person that's dying. Set them free to talk about their fears, to talk about their guilt, to talk about their shame, to talk about their hope and their longing and their Jesus and their forgiveness and the loved ones that they are now about to see. The real things. You're dying. Cuts through all the false hopes and delusions that we sound, surround ourselves with and gets down to things that are real. And dear saints, you are dying. Each one of you. Each moment you are a little bit closer to your last breath. You are mortal. And this is a dreadful thing to say, but it's true. I don't know how it is with you, but how you process this reality, but it is for me difficult. When I remember that I'm going to die, and I consider that, it takes my breath away. It is a hard thing to leave a deathbed. And there is, I confess to you, and I think this is a confession, I confess to you that there is a fear, that I have a fear of dying, of thinking about the end. And I don't know really how to diagnose this. I mean, I know we're not supposed to like death. Jesus doesn't like it. I know it's right that we don't want to die. 
I know that we approach death with the confidence that Jesus is risen and the grave is destroyed and yet there is that little or perhaps big piece of fear that comes from the realization that we are dying. Perhaps there is a connection deep in our conscience between the reality of our death and the reality of our sin. The two, after all, are connected. We die because we sin. We're dying because we're sinners. The wages of sin is death, right, St. Paul? Or on the day that you eat of it, surely you will die, says the Lord to Adam and Eve in the garden. We know that we're not supposed to die. We know that God didn't create us to die. But we know that we are dying. And this means that the world is broken. And it means more significantly that we are broken. Death stands then as the irrefutable proof of our own sinfulness. And here is where the real fright begins. It's not that we don't know what's on the other side of death, but that somehow deep down in our conscience we do. We know that on the other side of death is judgment. That we are that bad that we would be judged ourselves, that the judgment would be terrible. It's appointed for man once to die and then to be judged. And so it is that we live our lives pushing aside the reality of death, which is to push aside the reality of judgment. It is to push aside the reality of your sin. It is to act and to think and to live as if you're not dying is to live in a false, misleading dream, but at least it's a happy dream. But as dreadful as it sounds, it is true. You are dying. This text, this gospel text, uh, puts us face to face with this reality. There are two men in the text. There's the rich man and there is the, and there is Lazarus. The rich man has everything. Lazarus has nothing. The rich man has silk clothes and sumptuous feasting. Lazarus has an empty stomach longing for crumbs and dog slobber. But they both die. Jesus shows us in the text the hidden reality of what happens to their souls after death. Lazarus is taken to Abraham's bosom. That's paradise, heaven, where he's comforted. But the rich man is taken to Hades. That's hell, to the place of torment, to the beginning of an agonizing death that will never end. He was given... Uh, he would give up at this point all of the riches and all of the comforts, all of the feasting and fine clothes and dainties of this earthly life just for a drop of water to cool his tongue in this place. And if we're listening rightly to the text, dear saints, we're going to say, how can we stay out of that place? And Jesus is going to tell us. There's the rich man in agony crying out across the gulf to, to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham, send Lazarus just with a drop of water on his tongue, on his finger, just to cool my tongue. And Abraham says, look, there's a gulf fixed between here and there. No one can cross over. So he says, send Lazarus back 
to my brothers so that at least when they see someone raised from the dead, they'll repent and believe and won't come to this place of torment. And now all of a sudden the rich man realizes that all of the things that he trusted were nothing. All of his wealth was an illusion. All of his health was a mist. All of his goodness, all of his confidence, all of his pride, all of everything that he boasted and entrusted in this life ends up being absolutely nothing. And now he stands in torment with only his sin and only his death and only the wrath of God resting on him for eternity. And he realizes that it's not enough. But what is? Send Lazarus back from the grave. If they see a miracle, if they see a man risen, then they'll repent. But Abraham says this even won't do it. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them believe them. There is one possession that makes a difference when you die. There is one thing that you have which will determine when you die if you go to be with the rich man in torment or if you go to be with, with Abraham and with Lazarus in blessedness, there is one thing. And that is the Scriptures. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them believe them. They won't, if they don't believe them, they won't believe if someone comes back from the dead. If you have the Bible, if you have God's Word, then, then, and only then, you have that which overcomes temporal and eternal death because it's the Scriptures that bring us, dear saints, Jesus. Jesus who died. Jesus who bled. Jesus who cried out when they were crucifying Him, crucifying Him, Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. Jesus who loves you so much that He will not let death or sin or the devil stand between you and Him, but will come into your flesh and into your sin and suffer the wrath of God for you. The Scriptures bring you Jesus who has taken upon Himself the judgment that you deserve when you die. Who has, who has, who has been bitten by the grave that should devour you. This Jesus has brought to you in the scriptures. And if you have Him, then you have comfort. There is only one thing that can take us from this valley of tears to be with the Lord in heaven. And that is the word of forgiveness, the word of Christ, the word of the cross, the word of the absolution that Jesus loves you. And forgives you. You're dying. This is a terrible thing to think of. But it's, it's offered, it's offset by the fact that your God has died. Your Jesus has died. And He is raised. And that brings us comfort. I think, dear saints, and you can see if you track with me. I think that the devil wants us to be numb to the realities of this life. He wants us to be numb to the reality of our death. So we don't think about it. He wants us to be numb to the reality of our sin. So we justify ourselves and put it out of our mind. After all, everyone does wrong. 
He wants us to be numb to the reality of the fact that after death for the unbeliever, there is an eternal torment in hell that never ends. Fire that goes up for eternity. He wants us to be numb to that, to put it out of our mind. Who wants to think of those things? They are, after all, dreadful things to consider. But Jesus would face us right up to death. Jesus would face us right up to sin, our sin. Jesus would face us right up to the wrath of God that we deserve because Jesus would face us right up to Himself, to His love, to His sacrifice, and to His mercy. And so it is for us sinners that we die in this confidence that to close our eyes to sleep the sleep of death is to open them and behold the face of Jesus. His smile. His comfort. And His love. You're dying. And that's good. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.